0: Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world.
1: Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And
0: I'm Isaac from Resolute Man.
1: We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible.
0: We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hey, everybody!
0: So glad you're here today. We're talking about encouraging connections with God. I can't think of anything more important than that.
1: That's actually true. I mean, for <laughs> for a parenting podcast, for us to get down to the nitty gritty, what is the most important thing that you you know? Every parent says that they pray that their child mm-hmm. would love the Lord and that he they would follow after him, that they would want to serve him. And really it comes down to being introduced to God first, but then also connecting with him. And so um, you're right. This is probably the most important.
0: Also, regardless of what time of year you end up listening to this, I know a lot of people listen to them right away when they come out, but we're going into the fall right now. There's transition. And sometimes we can get caught up in our to-do list and all the things we have to do, uh, whether it's education-wise or uh, changing with sports and relationships and uh, the list of people that we haven't had over yet and we need to. And all those things and remodel. And for me, it's yeah. the RV I have to recock and things like that. But you know, there's a lot of things. Yeah,
1: I have to overturn a garden and continue <laughs> processing all the fruit, which is so, great. So
0: there's a lot to yeah. do. Um, and the most important thing is this, actually. We would all agree to that. So we're yeah. going to encourage you to encourage a growing faith in your children. Now, Parents can never save their children. That's something only God can do. We all agree yes. with that. But a reminder that God put us in charge, put us as the loving authority in our children's lives to point them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It is our job.
1: Yeah, it's one of the greatest jobs, actually. I mean, in the Bible, in Deuteronomy 6, if you want a real good encouragement, go read the entire chapter, because talk about um, it's it's good, it's ex. Exhortation, if you will. Have you ever read parts of scripture and you just go, ouch, I'm not doing that and I need to because the Bible's literally commanding me to do this. God is commanding me to do this. Well, that's what Deuteronomy 6 is for parents, right? God is commanding us to teach our children while we sit, while we stand, while we lie down, while we like all the time. Yeah. The whole point is all the time to be talking about God and and teaching our kids about God and singing hymns and all these different things right all the different ways that they would learn about him so we're going to talk about some of those ideas today yeah. but before we do we just wanted to say thank you guys so much as you know we just days ago <laughs> launched the be courageous coffee.com oh
0: yeah it tastes so good cheers
1: yes isaac's using one of his courage is calling mugs yeah um i don't know if you guys knew this but we we have a couple shops, and we have a bunch of different mugs in them, and they all like a, they have these great Bible verses on the back. This one has First Corinthians five fifty eight, which is awesome. But I, I just wanted to put that out. there. Anyways,
0: because- we're so encouraged. The shop already yeah. has uh, twenty three, I believe, five all five star reviews so far of people who've experienced the coffee and mm-hmm. loving it. People that got it early we're on the launch team and so forth and uh, orders are coming in and people are sharing. Uh, if you want to follow, be courageous coffee on Facebook mm-hmm. or Instagram, please do see what's going on. And it's just a pivotal thing to, you know, really support the ministry if you want to have a vision of what's going on, go to becourageousministry.org. There's a video right there. That's the new ministry headquarters website. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's access to everything there because we had all the different pieces. You know, there's courageousparenting.com. There's courageousmom.com. There's resoluteman.com. There's the Be Courageous app. There's, you know, lots of different, the becourageouscoffee.com. Mm-hmm. Now, they all still will have their own websites. Yeah. But if you'd rather just go to becourageousministry.org, it's all there. It links out to everything. There's a lot of stuff that's only there too. Mm-hmm. It is really our shops, both shops in one place. So just so much easier.
1: Yeah. And what's great is we have some things that are upcoming too, which I'm not going to tell you what it is, but there is a, a slightly secretive thing <laughs> that is revealed on the website, but you have to go to becourageousministry.org to find it. Here's a tip. Go look at and and click on what podcasts say, and you'll find out what's coming. Oh, soon. I, didn't even know she,
0: I didn't even know what you're talking about I until know. you said podcast. Podcasts, plural.
1: That's right. Well, they know I get that, it. They know that we have this Courageous Parenting podcast, and they know we have the Courageous Kids podcast, which is in the app.
0: But somebody but you have to, else
1: you is have launching to go, a podcast. Okay, <laughs> Now they know that it's somebody else, not us.
0: Well, good.
1: <laughs> you guys. Anyways. Anyways.
0: You're, you're an important part of the 10 Million Legacies yeah. movement. We so appreciate your support. Even if you're praying for us, and you're listening, you're downloading episodes. Yeah. That is so helpful. Thank you so much. So let's dive into this. You know what? Uh, as a Christian family, here's some cool things that Christian families do. They say they're Christians. That's a good thing. They- They
1: identify. That, that's what that is, right? That's identifying the mark. They're identifying with Jesus. with Jesus. Okay.
0: And then they yeah. might have, you know, our house serves the Lord or some scripture on the wall. Don't have to, but you might. Some homes have that kind of thing.
1: Actually, Deuteronomy 6 again says- Tide. Bind the yeah. words of the Bible on your door fronts, and I'm sure uh, well- you know you have
0: Bibles. Uh, you know, going to church, mm-hmm. um, praying before a meal, and I, the reason I mention those things is because I think most Christians have most of those in common, or some aspect of those. And um, while that's awesome and those are good things, we're going to talk about more because really, we believe. It's good to do more to connect with God than only those things. It's what God wants. He, For example, he says, pray without ceasing. So that's beyond that list I just talked about. And we're going to go into that because it's so important while our kids are in our homes yeah. that we're nurturing their relationship with God. We're f- encouraging connections with God. I think it's a great way to say it. Yeah. I want to take a moment and give you something for free, if you haven't got it already, is the Date Night One Sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get an alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to courageousparenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at courageousparenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are.
1: teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's let me show you where in scripture. Sure this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. It's interesting because I think of, again, one of the I bring this Bible verse up a lot lately. We've been talking about this a lot and we talk about in the Parenting Mentor Program because it's one of the things that the Parts of the program are completely wholly, solely inspired by love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, Mm -hmm. the first and greatest commandment, and then to love your neighbor as yourself, right? And, you know, I, when we think about that as a believer, as a disciple of Christ, what that means for us on a personal level to love God with our whole heart, Mm -hmm. not half our heart, not part of our heart, not a quarter, not an eighth, to love God with our whole mind not not just the bible portion of our mind that we read only on sundays okay but our whole mind to love the lord our god with our whole strength right so what does that even mean right like any in my mind when i read that i'm convicted to think about the things that I do on the physical level and to be doing them as unto the Lord, like the Bible says, right? And so sometimes when I'm having a hard time doing something, I'll just whisper a little prayer or I'll have an ongoing conversation with God where I say, Lord, would you help me to be able to do this? I know that this is too heavy for me. Or would you help somebody to come in my family that can help me or, you know, with a good heart attitude? And I'll literally have this conversation with the Lord and I do things with my whole strength. So And then there's this concept of whole soul, right? Like, are we taking time in our busy schedules to connect with God and for our souls to be filled up with the Holy Spirit Mm. and to be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit throughout the day? And, And this is the thing, like, all of those four things that we that I just mentioned that come from the greatest commandment. Jesus said, this is the greatest commandment. He's basically saying all of the, the commandments, the laws and the prophets are summed up in these two things, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, what is gonna happen next? Everything else is gonna flow from that, right? It's gonna be easier to love your neighbor as yourself. It's gonna be easier to love your enemies. It's gonna be easier to honor your mother and father. It's gonna be... Um, Every aspect of what he calls us to as Christians, it comes back to that first heart love that we have with God. And the truth is, is really that is something that we're doing in an experiential way with God. And it's an intimate relational Mm. thing in in a relationship with Mm -hmm. Jesus, with God. And with His Spirit and experiencing His presence in our lives, Him guiding us and giving us wisdom, and isn't that really, truly, at the end of the day, what we what we would hope for our kids, right? Yes, it is. And Absolutely. So, but we can't expect that for them if they don't witness it, if we don't share it.
0: So, a question for everybody, question for us too, is how does your family connect with God? No, think about it for mm-hmm. a second. It's how good. does your family, not just you, you're included in your family, how does your family connect with God? How did your family connect with God last week? Or maybe just more simple here, how did, how did your family connect with God yesterday? Now, as your kids get older, some of them are having, and even when they're young, actually, sometimes even more when they're young, depends, right? Is they're having their own personal relationship with God and connecting with God, and you don't even know about some of it. Right. That's awesome. So beautiful when you, like the other day, we were witnessing Eli worshiping the Lord because he thought nobody was looking and he's just belting it out.
1: He was just (laughs) singing his heart out because he didn't realize that we saw him or heard him. And it was so precious. Right. Like, I mean, he had his eyes squinted and he was just like, that's a, oh, you can see the little a, veins. He and just neck. turned four, so yeah.
0: just a couple weeks ago, but so cool. So just think yeah. about that. And I think it's good to audit things and have some self reflection and family reflection on that. Uh, first Peter, you know, we're going to go into some ideas now on how to lead your family in connecting with God, mm-hmm. and first uh, Peter 5. 6 through 7 says humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Mm. I thought what a beautiful scripture to kind of kick this part off because one of the most beautiful ways to connect with God is when we lower our pride and increase our humility. Mm. We we, we lower we lower our strength and increase our reliance. And we can lead our children in these situations. Have you seen your kids be prideful? What an opportunity to read the scripture to them and -hmm. connect with God. And maybe you could talk about it. And what does humble mean? What does humility mean? And then guide them in a prayer, Mm -hmm. you know, or pray together. Or encourage them to pray if they're older, you Mm -hmm. know? So I just think that's a beautiful way. That's a connection with God. I think it's really hard thought this was good uh, to have at the top of the list because it's hard to connect with God if we're walking in our own flesh. It's hard to connect with God if we're operating in our own strength. It's hard to connect with God if we're prideful.
1: And it's hard. It's interesting because pride is a sin, right? And so any sin actually would make it a stumbling block or a wall, if you will, that separates us from being able to connect with God, because that's what sin does. Sin separates us from his presence in that sense. And he's always there. It's that we're walking away. And that's something that also needs to be taught to our kids because there will be conversations where they're like, I'm talking to Jesus, but I don't feel like I'm communicating with him both ways. And they'll put that in their own words when they start explaining to you, they're like, how do I know that God's hearing me? And, and how do I know I feel like I'm talking into the air. I've we've heard all kinds of things, guys. We've had nine kids, right? And so that concept of learning how to pray and why we would pray and what to pray about, and all of these really exciting, like those are the kinds of conversations that are truly discipleship conversations. Oh, yeah. And um, at the end of the day, I think that what's really important for us to understand is that our our kids don't have to be eloquent at praying for God to hear them. They don't need to have long prayers for God to hear him. Mm -hmm. They don't need to. So sometimes kids, just like us as humans, don't we all get those ideas in our heads, those or we're tempted to believe lies actually whispers from the enemy or maybe expectations that we've imposed upon ourselves because we've compared ourselves to other Christians that we've seen in Bible studies or in small groups or whatever it is, right? Like we all do that where we go. Oh, maybe I can't do that because I don't do it as good as that person. And then maybe we forget about that person all all together, but we remember how well it was done. And we have this expectation that that's how it's done. Kids do the same thing. And so Mm -hmm. we need to make sure that we're having those conversations with our kids. And they don't have to be 45-minute conversations. I'm talking like only talk about one thing with a four or five-year-old for like five minutes before you pray to encourage them.
0: Well, prayer, right? is, prayer is such an important way to connect with God. It is why God encourages us to pray as much as possible, as much as we can throughout the day, throughout everything, because it's a reorientating effect. It's it's the opposite of being prideful. Mm-hmm. It's a, a posture of humility towards an all-powerful and all-loving, all-knowing, uh, all-knowing yeah. God that has authority over our lives and to to praise Him in our prayers and to ask for help in our prayers mm-hmm. and to intercede for others in our prayers. And doing that with our kids, them seeing us, our own prayer life, mm-hmm. and then encouraging that in them. Is incredibly powerful.
1: It is. Psalm 145, 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. I think that this is really important for us to understand. God literally repeated himself there. Did you hear that? To make a point. Hmm. The Lord is near to all who call on him. Comma, the sentence was not over, to all who call on him in truth. In truth, you guys. And this is this is why it's so important. How can we call on God in truth? Well, are we walking in truth if we are coming to God and we're saying, Lord, I I cry out to you and I ask for you to do this and this person's life, and I ask for this, and I'm you know, maybe you're praying and you're just like putting request after request after request, and you're saying things like, I love you, Lord, but then how you're living your life is actually hypocritical. Is that asking the Lord and calling on him in truth? If we're living in a way that doesn't show that we love him, like literally living in sin, but then we're calling out to God and then we're saying, oh, he's not answering my prayers. And we wonder why, right? Like there we need to be careful because we have a responsibility ourselves to be, humble like Isaac was talking about and and part of that is that when we come to the Lord we come with contrite hearts mm-hmm. we are not haughty or boastful we understand the humanity that we walk in the the fleshly temptations and and we repent of those things and we cast those things before the Lord and then we walk in the freedom every day right and yeah. and that that concept of like walking with God and growing with him on a daily and throughout your day. Like Christianity is not a Sunday time thing. It's not even a three days a week thing. Like when you are a Christian, you're made a new creation. You're not the old you anymore. So your whole life, like God does not want us to compartmentalize him into certain categories of our life. Now I'm going to get fired up because this is something that for a long time we've been talking about that for many, many years where it's like, wow, like as believers, we need to understand that when God saves us, when we are born again, there's evidence of Jesus all over our lives. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when our son got baptized, one of our sons got baptized. I remember that that night there was like this, I'll just say it like that adrenaline and that... You know, Some people might describe it as like a spiritual high in a sense, but as a parent, like when when your child receives Christ and gets baptized and you're like, this is like the pinnacle for that child. And you're like so thankful that Jesus has saved him and that he's dedicated his life. You're just like, there's nothing that quite compares to that with each of your children. Okay. And I remember though, the next day reflecting and going, he really is a new creation. Mm -hmm. God is so good you know and that's that's remarkable when you understand that the old has gone and the new is here and that it, it literally every aspect of what you do and who you are and what you talk about and what you desire is transformed your mind is fully renewed all because of the holy spirit Amen. That's amazing.
0: And so you got to encourage your kids in this. And if we're living it out, we can encourage mm-hmm. them. Another aspect of prayer is a lot of times as parents, we'll pray for something, a need for the family or fruitfulness with the business or whatever the thing is, and we forget to circle back and share how God showed up. Mm-hmm. And this is so powerful. We've had so many experiences. In fact, one thing I've found is really helpful is to even brainstorm mm-hmm. all the ways God showed up in the last week or the last couple weeks, and to talk about that, and to come with some, some answers to that, mm-hmm. to kind of get things going. And I think it's important, too, that we don't miss the small things. God does care about the small things, and He shows up in small ways. Unfortunately, it's those small things that sometimes we take credit for. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have to be so big for us to give God the credit because we just default to, oh, I probably did that or that probably just happened because of this other thing I did. I would err on the side of if I prayed for something, I'm going to give God credit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What? How faith building is that to the children? So circle back. That's a connection mm-hmm. point with God. That's, a, that's mm-hmm. showing God's might and strength, and authenticity.
1: And his... He's just that he cares and he listens and he does answer our prayers and he does give us the desires of our heart when we are in alignment with his will. And teaching your kids that concept too, that their heart desire would be changed, that they're not just like asking God for things, but that Mm -hmm. their heart would change, that they would desire the things that God would want them to desire so that they are praying in alignment with his will. So important. I think too, when we are just talking about this concept of, encouraging our kids to connect with God and have their own personal faith. Because that's really what it is, right? As parents, we get to introduce our kids, kind of like if you're introducing someone to, to one of your friends, right? As our kids are growing up, we get to introduce them to Jesus and in, introduce them to other, other aspects of who God is. Um, you know, when you're teaching them about how God is an intelligent creator and mm-hmm. he's an intelligent designer are they not learning more about God they are they're learning about a different character quality a different attribute that he has yeah and it just further expands their relationship and their understanding of their father in heaven and it's the same thing when we're like, trying to teach them the different spiritual disciplines and and we're trying to live them out ourselves like it's so easy i think for people um especially when you've been a christian for a long time or maybe you were raised in a christian home and so maybe you have some like habits that are good habits that You do, like, for example, maybe going to church every Sunday. That's a good thing to do. God tells us not to neglect the gathering together, right? Mm -hmm. Because he created us and he knows what's best for us. And we need accountability. We need teaching. We need to be in his presence of his body. We need to be exhorted and encouraged and edified. And all of those things can happen during a church meeting, right? There's so many reasons. We need to rejoice with those who rejoice. We need to mourn with those who mourn. We need people to mourn with us when we mourn. Rejoice with us when we're rejoicing. Like There's so many aspects to why we would go to church on a regular basis. But for the argument's sake, maybe you've been going to church your whole life. And for you, it's just this like, religious thing that maybe you're doing or maybe it is something that in your heart of hearts you just like. You love going and and you desire to go and you can't wait to worship God and you can't wait to learn more about Him with the body and you can't wait to serve and you can't wait to share your gift with the body. Maybe that's where you're at. Regardless of where you're at, do your kids, do your kids understand all the whys behind it or are they just going on Sunday, because every Sunday, this is what we do.
0: One thing with church, it's really important to connect it back to God, uh, which should already be connected to God, but is to have those conversations after church. Mm -hmm. So what did you guys think about this when the pastor was talking about this section or when the pastor was talking about this other thing? Mm -hmm. What do you guys think about that? And kids will say wonderful things. And it's such a, I believe, a faith building experience when people are able to vocalize in discussion what they thought about something, mm-hmm. what they thought about the scripture. Or, um, maybe somebody got baptized or, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's people raising their hands and worshiping the, God, the Lord fervently. And your your kids witnessed that maybe they were doing that, right? It's just to kind of have a conversation about
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, the experience of God being present at church and, and what happened. I think it's so important. Family worship is another one. This is huge is mm-hmm. to Worship the Lord together. This is something that Angie has really been the one to initiate in our family because I did not grow up singing really to anything, and I <laughs> uh, didn't know God till I was twenty-three. So this was a new thing for me when we got married. And but it's beautiful. Of course, we all worship together, and I was I love looking at the pictures of when our old our oldest kids now were all younger, and I remember. Ethan having a drum, a little hand drum and Austin with a guitar and Kelsey singing and Megan playing the piano. Just a beautiful- I mean, they all
1: like that. You could rotate all those instruments too because they all were doing them. Yeah. It was
0: just so beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for what those pictures represent when they mm-hmm. pop up and I see them. It's just, a, it's just an amazing thing. I'm so thankful for the family worship we've done. And it's a reminder mm-hmm. too, even for us to do more of that. Obviously, one of the things- we, that's been special lately is home church because our kids have all been doing guitar lessons and some of our older kids the I guess they're the middles now. they're the middles now yeah. but the
1: oldest ones that are at home yeah, yeah after are uh,
0: leading worship in church and just a, such a sweet thing to see other kids from other families mm-hmm. also do and they take turns and it's just really neat to see children activated and worshiping. God sincerely.
1: And it's not, I think that for us, I know that not very many people. Have the same um, church setup that we have, as far as being a part of a, a smaller fellowship, if you will. Um, But one of the things that's been great is that they have had courage to be able to do that, right? Like even after they had only been taking lessons for three or four months, they were giving it a go, and they even Ethan was trying to lead worship, and now he is le- leading worship and he, doing such a good job. And they're always improving. But what's great though is that like they understand that they don't have to be like a professional performer for God to delight in their worship. And I think that, you know, for our family, like we have family worship, like Isaac and I were talking about this concept of family worship, and it looks different in every family. And then definitely should not be any kind of competition between family to families um, and different giftings too, right? Like some families are just much more gifted at music, right? But I will say that you can have music playing in your home throughout the day. I talk about this in the Parenting Mentor Program, it literally changes the atmosphere of your home. Mm -hmm. And it's one way to literally be experiencing the presence of the Lord and to be in communication with him All day long, if you're singing under your breath in between talking to the three-year-old and changing the diaper of the toddler and doing homeschool with this kid, you've got worship music going on in the background. It helps you to be patient. It helps you to have... um, just to be, to be kind with your words. It, it helps you to mediate when there's conflict between different children. It helps you to have a better attitude when you're trying to do maybe some of those mundane tasks in the home that you really have been putting off when they've gotten worse and you don't want to get to them, right? Like I have a few of those. And so the, the truth is though, is that Worship is something that can happen all the time. It doesn't have to look like a formal thing, like in a church setting. Worship can be many other things, also. I I believe that praise, like singing praise hymns or praise songs, is a form of worship. But so is how we actually serve our families, how we clean our homes, can be worshipful. And part of that, you know, I, I would say, where where do we draw the line, right? Like, how do we know if it's worshipful or not? Well are we doing it as unto the Lord? Do we have a good heart attitude? Because if we're grumbling and we're complaining, there's not a song in our heart while we're doing it. Or 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 we're like just mad about doing it and we're doing it because we have to. Mm-hmm. That's not really worshipful. But if we are like any of the above, it doesn't have to be all of these things. If we are thanking God For the family while we're doing the dishes, because we're preaching to ourselves, Lord, I want to enjoy this. Mm. And we're trying to make it worshipful. And we pray, God, would you help me to have a worshipful heart attitude while I'm serving my family? That does turn into worship, because God sees that. And you're praying while you're doing it.
0: Yeah, amen.
1: But you can also be singing while you're doing it, too.
0: Worship's so important. In Luke 4, 8, it says, And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord, your God in him only shall you serve. Mm-hmm. It's quite a few scriptures about worship and um, what, that, what a great way to connect with the Lord. And, you know, sometimes not everybody, but a lot of people, I think when they worship the Lord and they're sincerely worshiping, mm-hmm. there is, you feel it inside. Like you can, you can feel mm-hmm. that connection with God. Mm-hmm. And if that happens to you, express it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: share it with your kids yeah. So that's part of sharing yes. a relationship with God that you have. With them. With them.
1: And it's the same thing with serving. I mean, this verse says, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And so it's interesting that it's talking about worshiping and serving together. I would say that serving is another one of those um, experiences that you can have with your children where either they're participating in serving with you. Or you get to go serve, and then you come back and you share with them how what you got to do, what mm-hmm. what um what that did to the people's hearts that you were able to serve, right? And to share those experiences or those encounters, like I just even think about like this last week. You guys know that we just became grandparents. Yeah, <laughs> we're so excited. We love our granddaughter, our son, see May. Yeah, our son and his wife had their baby last week. Today, the day that we're recording, which is a few days before this podcast comes out, she's one week old today. Yeah. And um, her mom was helping with her, um, with just take, taking care of things around the home so she could mm-hmm. rest for the first few days. And then- um, I was able to go yesterday. Megan went today, and we've just been really just enjoying being able to serve. And I have to tell you, like, I had worship music playing while I was cleaning and cooking for them and in, in their house. And it was just a delight. And I got filled up and I came home and I was. I was lit. You were. I, w- I had energy, like more energy than I had had in a long time. And and part of that, I was working. I literally cooked like three meals in a matter of like four hours. And I cleaned all the dishes from that. And I did some laundry while I was there. And I was doing other things. But I came home and I was filled up because what I was doing was serving because I serve a good God. Mm. And I really, really wanted to bless my son and his wife. I wanted to bless them. I wanted them to rest and It's just, it's a beautiful thing. It says, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. And I do believe that when we go with that heart attitude to serve other people in the name of Jesus, we get filled up. But then coming home and your kids experiencing how you have joy, even though you went and did some things that maybe people might not have joy about. That that literally shines so brightly for them. They know that, but I'm even convicted now as we're talking going, hey, I, I should have shared more with Solomon and Eli when I came home about how neat it was that I got to be there.
0: It's hard to remember sometimes. We have to work that muscle of being purposeful. How can I mm-hmm. encourage my children by what God is doing, by helping them hear what God is doing in my life? And how can we, on the serve thing is, how can we encourage our children to serve mm-hmm. and experience that. That's another way to connect with God, which is helping his people mm-hmm. and doing it for no gain, but for just because we love them. Right. And we're doing God's work. And uh, I think that's that's a beautiful thing. So,
1: so what are some other ways that we've connected with God or, or, or invited our kids into um, that connection with God as they've grown up over the years? Well, I think
0: it's so important, especially well at all ages but is conversations with them mm-hmm. about god um you know how is your relationship with god mm-hmm. what a good question to ask a child mm-hmm. you know and uh, not in a pressure way or anything like that but just in a conversational mm-hmm. way maybe when you have one-on-one time mm-hmm. and um you know, just maybe they have questions about God and you can answer those questions. You can dig into the Bible. I know at times we've taken different kids out and just done some Bible study with them. I've had, mm-hmm. you know, a few of the the boys with me in the studio and done that. You've had breakfast with the gals and yep. with the daughters and just yep. just, you know, bedtime and t- Bible mm-hmm. time and all those things. I think the Bible is so powerful. We should talk about that for a minute because it's not, as we know, it's not just a book. But your kids don't really grasp that unless they experience God from the Bible. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It kind of, no matter what you say, it still is a book to them Mm -hmm. until they start experiencing what you've experienced, Mm -hmm. which if you're like me, I've experienced reading something for the third time, and all of a sudden,
1: it makes sense. It, it makes
0: so much sense in a new way and yeah. hits me right where I need. I have opened the Bible before to a scripture that was exactly what I needed at the right time. Mm-hmm. How many times has that happened to you? A lot, I know. Mm-hmm. Do we share those with our kids? And because now that they're they're like, wow, I'm excited about that happening. Maybe maybe that stirs in your child who's a little bit mm-hmm. older. Maybe it stirs in them to go to ask God. To make the Bible real to them and so that they can understand it. Mm -hmm. Because remember, the Bible says that people won't understand it unless they're seeking. Mm -hmm. And so we can encourage our kids to be seeking so that the Bible starts to make sense to them. Mm -hmm. You see all that? How many teenagers today in Christian homes, they read the Bible and they don't understand it because they're actually not seeking? It's just part of the culture of the family to be Christian. Mm-hmm. They don't even understand that's what's happening to them, mm-hmm. but they don't—they aren't really cultivating a deep relationship with God, and the Bible is always confusing to them when they try and read it, and they never tell their parents that.
1: Yeah. I think, too, that little kids as well, I mean, sometimes there's hard things for them to understand, big words and different things like that. And so having conversations <laughs> as you're reading Scripture to your kids before they can read Um, is gonna be really important that you slow down and you have patience and you go, do you know what that word means? Do you know what exhortation means? (laughs) Oh, let's look it up together. And then you teach them how you look it up and you're teaching them, discipling them really in how to be a disciple of the word. And teaching them that like, even mommy doesn't know all these words. Let's look this up in the dictionary. Let's look this up. Oh, I have this really neat app called Blue Letter Bible. Oh, Let's listen to what the word is. And when they see you excited about learning, that literally lights a fire in their heart for having a desire to want to learn that same thing too. And if you have an excitement in you. And so I have to ask, like, when it comes to this, do you have an excitement? Do you have an urgency in your heart where you just are hungry to read the word? You miss God when you haven't been in the word. Like there are times where I'll like tell Isaac, I'm like, I'm just dry. Like I, I really need some time to, I just need to be with Jesus. (laughs) Like I just need to be in the word because it's literally the only thing that gets me Excited. I mean, just even before the podcast, I was tired and I'm like, oh, it's been a big day. Like, there's so much has happened today between harvesting a huge harvest, which was wonderful. Praise Jesus because yeah. he brings increase. But that also means lots of work for mom on the preserving end of things. And I haven't even really gotten started. I was just using up the stuff that we had harvested three or four days ago. And so there's a lot of work and, and homeschooling and trying to get the house going and all the things. But you guys, when we sat down and I started really reading these verses and it, it woke me up like yeah. I'm much more awake right now. And that Power is something words. that you want to share, like that experience of like, wow, this really is the bread of life that gives you energy. This really is the life-giving water, if you will, that keeps you hydrated so that you can keep on keeping on. Do your kids know that about mm-hmm. you? Do they know that this is your life source? And having that conversation with them, just again, it puts us in that posture of like, I am not a good mommy without Jesus. And I would not be raising you the way I'm raising you if it wasn't for what God had done in my life. I don't know how many deep conversations I've had with our older kids mm-hmm. where I've said that, where oh, it's yeah. like, you guys, you, I, I think that sometimes they- like we I love our kids. They're wonderful kids. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Not perfect, but the, but I love them. And they they all love Jesus. Praise God. Like I'm so thankful. But there are times when I think to myself, I was even thinking it today, I wonder they've got I wonder if they take for granted how they're being raised and that they're raised by two parents who love Jesus more than each other even, right? Like Mm -hmm. we fully love Jesus and we're chasing hard after Jesus and then we meet at him, Mm -hmm. right? And that our everything is found on him and centered on him. Like how blessed are the kids that they have that and that they don't recognize how different it would look if it wasn't that way, right? And that is huge, right? Well, it's so, a te-
0: we're, we're talking about here overall, I think, is testimony,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is little testimony here and there of how the Bible impacted us, changed our attitude, how this happened, and the, the circle back of the prayer um, mm-hmm. where God showed up and and it happened, and not second-guessing whether you did it or God did it, just mm-hmm. let's let's give God the glory. If we asked mm-hmm. God for help, he's a good God. I'm just going to believe that he did it, and I think that that's, we're, that's like having a faith having faith like a child that Jesus prescribed for us.
1: It's interesting. In the Old Testament, God had commanded his people, especially when they were sojourners, to make him an altar. When they had experienced his blessing and his provision and different things, they would oftentimes make an altar. And the reason why they made an altar was to honor God, but it was also so that when they were traveling and other people would come to this altar, they would know – whoa, God met with someone and provided with that person here. And it told a story, right? It, 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 it brought God glory. Well, today we don't build altars, do we? But the truth is, is there's still a need for us to remember those milestones, if you will, in our spiritual walk with God, and that we give him honor and glory by sharing those, those testimonies. If you will, with our children, because that's, it's like the Jewish people sharing the midrashes over and over with their children and that their children would know Jesus through their, through their historical testimonies as well. Right. And as mm-hmm. Christians, we also need to do this. That's what, that's part of the Deuteronomy six charge is that we would be teaching our kids God's word, but that we would also, when we're talking about relationship with God, that we would be sharing with them the testimonies of our faith journey with him so So that they also can know God and so that they expect him to show up in all of the things, the big times that are awesome, the mountaintop moments, as well as the valleys that they walk through that they would go, wow, okay, so my parents, they did this when they walked through a hard time and I'm in this hard time now. Maybe it's the first time that they've had a really, truly hard time. And then they start praying and they start seeking God and they experience Mm -hmm. him. And then that becomes their testimony, a spiritual milestone in their personal relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And those are the connecting moments that we as parents cannot conjure up for our children. But what we can do is when we experience them with God, we can openly share what we've learned from him and that we were experiencing him all throughout our child's childhood Mm -hmm. so that they seek him, hopefully, in the same and in different ways too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So a final thing we want to talk about is generosity. Mm -hmm. We can connect with God through a generous spirit and through tithing, uh, through helping somebody, with their finances. Uh, So it's important that children, uh, as soon as they can, they can start having some things they can do where they can earn some money Mm -hmm. because when they earn it and they have it and they give some of it in with a a heart of um, pleasing God and a joyful heart about it, then it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And there's an experience there. They're they're experiencing God. They're, They're understanding it's God's money, that God is the provider and that God asks me to do this and I can't wait to obey him Mm -hmm. and look at what God did with that money.
1: And that, I mean, that's huge right there, like connecting the dots for your kids on what How was that used for God's glory? Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. This is so... (laughs) priceless. Like when you start experiencing with your children and you're leading them in that practice of being generous, like Isaac was saying, you start to see their hearts change. Their eyes start focusing more on Jesus and less on things of this world. And that is a practice that we all have to exercise. It's like a muscle that we have Mm -hmm. to exercise regularly or that muscle starts to deteriorate. Mm. And Then if it deteriorates so much, then it literally isn't there anymore. And as adults, if we want to continue being the people that God has called us to be, that we want to continue growing in spiritual maturity, Mm -hmm. we do not want the things of this world to distract us from what is truly important, which is eternity and eternal souls and doing the work that God has called us to with the Great Commission. And so like all of us are a part of that. We are all called to the Great Commission. It starts first in our home, and that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about encouraging your kids' connections with God because that is part of discipleship. The Bible says, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's Matthew 28. Making disciples starts first with your kids. Again, in I think it's 1 Timothy when, when they're talking about qualifications for eldership and different things like that, right? He warns them and says, if you can't manage your own household, how can you manage the church, mm-hmm. right? And so we need to be all pursuing, discipling our children well so that we, in our older years, can walk out the calling that he has for each of us. In the body of Christ.
0: Amen. And hey, we hope this was helpful to you. Uh, If you love it, please share it. I kind of have a feeling this one would really help a lot of families. Mm -hmm. As you know, together, uh, we're on the road to impacting 10 million legacies. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we appreciate the impact together. Hey, we hope this was helpful.
1: See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting.
0: This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone.
1: If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.